Hello, I'm Dwayne McCurry. I'm the team leader for Adult Explore the Bible, and thank you for joining us today. Today, my guest is Fran Triscritti. Fran, why don't you share with our, our listeners a little bit about the role you play here at, at LifeWay? Yeah, so thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me, uh, Dwayne. Uh, my, my role is brand manager, so basically I, I get to be involved in, in bringing what we have is Explore the Bible to the churches, get feedback, and find ways that we can go ahead and, and enhance what we already provide for the churches to be able to use it to its fullest potential. Fran, thank you for being here with me today as we look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses yes. 11 through 22. Uh, this falls right on the hill. If y'all remember last week's lesson, we looked at the before and after salvation uh, in the first part of chapter 2. And this is a continuation in some ways of that uh, study because now we're going to look at how he removes the barriers between believers, mostly between the Gentiles and the Jews uh, in this particular passage. Uh, God reconciles himself, uh, reconciles all of us to himself, excuse me, in Christ, and that removes the barriers. Here's a quick outline of this passage. Uh, first of all, in verses 11 through 13, Paul reminds us that we're brought near. The Gentile readers, uh, that prior to believing in Christ, they were without hope and they were separated from God. However, they were brought near to God through Christ. Then Paul declares that there's peace that's, that's taken place as a result of this. This comes because of the reconciliation uh, that's provided through Christ. Through his death on the cross, all believers are reconciled to the Father and to one another. Paul then focuses on citizenship being granted. That's in verses 19 through 22. He declares that all who believe in Christ are granted citizenship in God's family. With Christ as the foundation, Believers are being built into a single unit uh, in which God dwells. All believers are included in God's family, regardless of their heritage, birth, all those kinds of things. They all have a place in his kingdom. And those are some of the key issues uh, that we'll be looking at uh, in this particular passage. You have the issues of reconciliation, the inclusivity of the gospel, and in race relations. Um, Fran, let's just jump right in here. If, okay. if we're to be unified as believers... How do we account for divisions like denominational, all those kinds of things? Sure, sure. You know, I'm asked that a lot. Uh, people are, look at the Bible, they look at salvation, and, and by the way, can, can you get a more clear uh, passage on salvation than, than Ephesians 2, 1 through 10? What, what a great passage. And so we get to, to verse 11 and, and beyond, and we start to look at, okay, what, what does that mean in terms of God reconciling us? Um, and then we, we look at how it's applied today, and people look at the different denominations, and they wonder, you know, why do we have that? So, well, let's, let's look at it from different lenses. I think there's, it's important that we take a look at all of Scripture through this lens, and we need to see what, what is essential in our doctrines. Essential doctrines, kind of uh, those, those passages that we say, okay, this is what you believe for you to be a Christian. These are essential for our beliefs. These are essential to be a Christian, the basic, the most important uh, lens that we have. We affirm and believe, for example, that that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He is God Himself, that He 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 died on a cross, a real death, that He He was buried in a real grave and rose from the grave. And 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 so we we express salvation by grace uh, through faith. And and these are essential doctrines. And if a person affirms and agrees those things, then then he or she is is a believer, is a Christian. Those are essentials. Where we get the differences is the non-essential beliefs. Now, some of them are very important. They may be secondary or third-level beliefs, 
And they're very important, but they may not be essential for being a Christian. Let me explain. Um, there's passages that you may say they're not essential for salvation, but for example, they might be belief in, in baptism by immersion, which, which I, I hold to. My friend down the street who's a believer in Christ may believe in, in a different sort of baptism, um, maybe by sprinkling. He believes in the gospel. He believes in Christ's death, burial, resurrection. He believes in salvation by grace, but he has a different belief than I do on baptism. Now, is he a believer in Christ? Yeah, but we have distinctives. We respectfully might disagree on those views. And so we, we have some separations, usually along denominational lines. So we so, would be unified by the essentials. That's correct. That's uh, right. Which really are about how one becomes a believer. That's, that's okay. right. That's right. Yeah. And so then you might see that carried over to church life. And churches, even within a denomination, may have uh, slight differences in how they do things. Maybe they're elder-led or congregational-led, or they take the Lord's Supper once a month or once a quarter. But you may not worship at that church, but they are brothers and sisters in Christ in the same denomination. And, and we may have disagreements on timing of Christ's return, whether it's before the tribulation or after, but we could be in the same Sunday school class. So we may have some differences, but the key is knowing that we need to stand our ground on the essential beliefs and, and give some grace and patience with the non-essentials. Does this passage apply to believers only, or does it include people who do not accept Christ? Well, if we're talking about unity in Christ, um, then there is an inclusivity or an exclusivity in Christ. The only way to heaven is through Jesus, period. We share a common brotherhood through the blood of Jesus. You, you can't have eternal life apart from Jesus Christ. But with non-believers, um, let's, let me just say this. This passage is a word of hope for them. Look at what Paul says here. Many in the Ephesian church were without Christ. They were without hope. They were without God in the world. And yet, in Christ, they were brought, they could be brought near by the blood of Christ. And this applies today. The non-believer, the person who hasn't made a profession of faith in Christ, they have a great hope here that, that Paul said earlier in the chapter, you are saved by grace through faith. And so a person who comes to Jesus is then one in Jesus. And they're part of the family of Christ, unified in Christ. Are there some practical steps we could take to break down barriers between believers here? Well, you know, you know the sin separates us from God, and, and we sin because we're sinful. And, and we do see pain, and we see hatred, and we see division. We see brokenness all around us because of sin. But let's be very clear. The only way to destroy sin and the barriers is not going to be on our own. It's going to be through the gospel of Jesus, on a, and Jesus did that on a cross. What, what we can do, though, as we come to Christ, is to be participants of what Paul calls the ministry of reconciliation. We're ambassadors for Christ. We, we, we make inroads to the gospel with our friends. I, I love the term that Elmer Towns uses, frangelism, for obvious reasons, right? Um, friends, he uses the acronym friends, relatives, associates, and neighbors. And, and, you know, we are to be outside the walls of our church. We need to take the church to the world. Um, we need to take that seriously. And so practical steps is to share our faith in ways that, that can, people can see the difference in us and the hope that lies within us. For believers, a, a one way to, to deal with that issue of barriers is find out what we agree upon and focus on those things so much. Amen. So many times I do think we do focus on where we disagree and not 
even think about that we might agree on some things. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, Fran, are there some some principles for cooperation um, that could serve us well here when we think about how we cooperate with folks who they, they may be from a, a different uh, denomination or maybe mm-hmm. a different uh, re- belief heritage, whatever, uh, yet we find ways to cooperate with them. Are there some principles that we might follow there? Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've been a pastor for over two decades, and let me just say the authority for the work of God rests on the people of God. I believe in the church, the bride of Christ. Jesus died and, and, and gave us this beautiful gift um, as he as he came and he resurrected, he gave us this beautiful gift of the church, and so uh, we want to make sure we protect the authority of the church, the autonomy of the church. But that does not mean that we do not cooperate with other bodies. So we 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 don't want the the bodies to overpower the authority and autonomy. But I think this is important that we use other bodies, uh, other groups of people that we work with. Could be other churches, denominational entities, could be schools. Um, they're useful and they're helpful. And so uh, absolutely, we want to use that. Now, the, the principle is, number one, they shouldn't overpower or have authority over the local church, okay? But let me, let me say this. When we are looking for levels of agreement, the principles that we agree upon, we need to make sure that we have an agreement on the essentials first. Mm-hmm. And if they, if they don't, and, and we don't have agreement on those essentials of faith, to me, that will significantly affect and impact whether I enter into a long-term or even a short-term relationship with them. You know, you think about community services, yeah. uh, community projects that are that take place. We have all kinds of opportunities Absolutely. to cooperate with other folks um, and, and to be a part of a larger community of believers yes. uh, involved in in, our, in the area. And it is important for us to decide these are our essentials. Uh, these are the things we really can't compromise on, but these are some things that we can uh, agree upon so that we can still work. Yeah, I'll give you an example real quick. Is is a group of churches that I worked with in, in a different city. We work to feed the the people who are in need, and so we, we had a food pantry. Now, we agreed on the essentials, and the non-essentials, we, we set them aside so that we can have a greater good, and that was to share the gospel. Okay. Yeah. In in the uh, in our books, we have a Bible skill for this particular lesson, um, and it looks at us comparing Ephesians two twenty with Isaiah twenty eight sixteen, and uh, deals with the issue of cornerstone. We also read uh, or encourage to read Psalm one eighteen twenty two when we're thinking about that and looking at how Christ fulfills these Old Testament scriptures. Um, can we get? Can you give us some more context, maybe on Jesus being the cornerstone here? Sure. To help us get a little bit better handle on that. Yeah. So okay. So as we know, a, a cornerstone is that piece of the building that everything rests on. It's it's a foundation that everything is built on. Psalm one eighteen twenty two says that there is a stone that's going to be rejected. That this rejected stone is is that chief cornerstone, and of course, we see from from there to today. Uh, to the Bible, we could see that it's it's pointing to Christ, the foundation of our faith, the the faith that everything rests upon, right? Mm-hmm. And so this this Jesus is 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 the one who has now been revealed. He's the one who's at cornerstone. He's always been there. All the scriptures fulfilled in him. I mean, it's nothing new. We we know that it it it's it's there, but it's being revealed. So we build everything today. And 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 Paul's writing here. 
uh, from that context to today's, everything is built on Christ. The apostles, the prophets, the church, all things are built on Jesus. Today, all of our practice is built on Christ, and, and it's uniquely Christ-centered. And uh, there's no better foundation to rest on. Amen? That's right. Amen. So we, when we think about how we, we uh, determine who we cooperate with, it really goes back to, is the cornerstone Jesus? That's right. And that's how we define those essentials. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a good, better, best thing. It's, it's good to do th- things to help people. It's, it's, it's better to do things that's within the church to help people. But the best is we do things to help people that's Christ-centered and Christ-focused and gospel-focused. Anything else you want to bring out about this particular passage? Well, I, I think we, we need to, again, look at the, that Jesus is the one who breaks down the barriers. He is, he is, he is counterculture to what we set up. We set up our walls. We set up our, our differences uh, across uh, ethnic lines, across uh, cultural lines, socioeconomic. Jesus breaks through all of that. We reach people for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I love that. I'm, I'm Italian and, and French, and my, my family, um, you know, we, we were excluded from the hope. We never, we never, we weren't Jewish in, in our heritage. We were excluded from the hope. But because of the cross, because of Jesus, I get to come to know Jesus. And I, and I was able to come to know Jesus as, as a young adult. And I praise God for that. These are some exciting things to think about as we look at Ephesians and how um, the the truth of the gospel mm-hmm. not just impacts who we are, yeah. but impacts how we relate to other people who may be very different from us, but still have Christ in their life. And that's an important thing for us to remember. This is going to be an exciting lesson. It's going yes. to be a challenging lesson in some ways for us to, to evaluate our own lives and, and the barriers that we place. Uh, but I think it'll be a, a good lesson for us in that way for, to help us understand that Christ should be the center of our identity in everything that we are and do. Thank you much. We look forward to to, uh, visiting with you next week about the next lesson, which will be session five.